0: We have an awesome sunday prepared for you and it's the people in the body sharing so just let's just like shower them with a little blessing right now just clap for them before they even say one word we love each other in this family of god and so we're all for everyone that's speaking this morning and we're just blessing you and praying for you as you share, and um, I'm going to just, we'll just collectively pray right now. Father, we pray your blessing over each person that has prepared something to share this morning with us. Give them courage and boldness and just peace with their words and joy, a deep sense of joy. And we thank you, God, for giving us a family that has so many rich followers of you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, so first we get to hear from the youth group, which I'm really excited about. Isn't that awesome? They're going to give some of the message this morning. So we've got Nate Kirschberger coming up first. All right, Nate. All right, Nate. Yeah, give it up for Nate.
1: I've always wanted to do that. Hey everybody, so as she said, I'm Nathan Kirschberger and I'm gonna be sharing a little bit about how what we've learned at Youth Group has impacted me in my life. So I think what we've learned that's been most helpful to me is when we went over the virtues because I'm a senior and high school is not exactly the most virtuous of place at times. And we discussed the virtues like prudence, courage, wisdom, temperance, and it's really helped to be told exactly what those virtues are. Because it makes it a lot easier to recognize what is not virtuous. Because there are some people who are really good at making things seem cool and like okay to do when they're not. And learning what the virtues are has made it easier for me to do what's right. And to like not fall into peer pressure or anything like that. And I'm really grateful to Mr. and Mrs. Day and all our leaders for that. And that's how the youth group has helped me.
2: Good morning, Um, I'm Callius, I don't know if any of you guys know me, Um, I'm a senior in the youth group. Um, So about a year ago, I started my very first job uh, working at the grocery store. Um, And to be brutally honest with you, I had no idea what the job would entail or who I would be working with. Um, But over the first few months of working there, I started to understand the difficulties of working in a retail environment. Um, And what it's like to deal with customers and to build relationships with my coworkers. And one thing that I learned was that Jesus was not a name that was found a lot in that kind of environment. Um, and I felt that God was calling me to spread the gospel and to evangelize to those people. Um, so one verse uh, that really stuck out to me was Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song, I give thanks to him. And so after reading that verse, I started to reevaluate myself. And I started to examine myself and think to myself, how can I connect with these people? Um, and I finally figured out that one way I could do that was through my work ethic. Because don't get me wrong, working at the grocery store can be fun, but it's probably it's not there's not a lot of fun jobs there. <laughs> so um, one thing I like learned to do was whenever I was asked to do a task um, that I didn't particularly enjoy, I learned to do it with happiness and to be do it wholeheartedly for God and to be thankful that God gave me the opportunity to do that work and to minister to the people around me. Um, and what I noticed is when I started to like volunteer and that like, I was happy to do jobs that other people weren't normally willing to do, people started to ask questions. And they wanted to know like what drove me to want to do those things. And I would answer that question, and I would say that everything that I would do is for the Lord and that he gives me the strength to do those things. And only through him I can work without complaining. So after that, I would describe to them what the Lord means to, them, uh, to me in my spiritual life and how he died for me on the cross. Um, and every situation that God has put me in since then at work has been an opportunity to evangelize and connect with those people. So
3: no matter who you're
2: working with or where you are or what occupation you're in, you can always evangelize and connect with those people uh, no matter how old you are. And that's kind of what I've been taught through Youth Group this past year.
4: Hi, I'm Piper Zeeland, and I'm in middle school. So something that that, um, I really like about Youth Group is that I have so many friends there and that I can talk to them, play with them, and like we can discuss how we feel about the lesson we just learned. And that's, that's, what I, that's one thing I like about youth group. Another thing is, so I've been going for youth group for a year and I did I got baptized this summer and going to youth group helped me make that decision to get baptized by reading. I started reading the Bible more And and like talking to people about it, and so that helped me make my decision. And also through Youth Group, I've learned to have like a more obedience because we've been reading more about obedience, and it's like just to listen and do what the Bible says more. And yeah.
0: That was awesome. <laughs> I'm already so encouraged. So we just bless your name, Lord. Thank you guys for doing that. That you guys hit it out of the park. Each one of you, that was so good. And that uh, we've got Joy Moricon up now. So give it up for Joy. Here she comes. Yeah. Joy is going to be leading with me and Nadara and Jenna Sosa are the, are, the God the Artist series. If somebody wants to help us, yeah, that be. She awesome. needs a little stand help.
5: I need a stand. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, sure, do that.
5: Joy, uh, Joy has to talk with her hands, <laughs>
2: so that's what this is about. Sorry, i my maintenance Lucas, today, guys. Um, can we steal your mic? <laughs> oh, that
5: was tight. Is that on
6: there? Lucas, okay, we're you. taking
5: your mic. I told her show me before. I told her the joke about the Italian when asked where um, something was that he was carrying all these watermelons and one by one. He had to put the watermelons down, and then he went. And I realized
6: that, that's what joy
3: needs. So now we have the chord factor. All right. How you guys doing? Don't you hate it when
5: speakers say that, and then they're like, how long are you going to talk? Like, if I'm not doing okay, does that mean I can go? Um it's really going to be short, I promise. Um, the girls said um, to not resist being funny because they said that's my best attribute, so I'm going to just let it go, so um, so it'll be in there. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm nervous, so. <clears throat> Ooh, okay. A lot of faces. Okay. Um, Lucy's recording because Brian's not here, and I really want him to be proud of me. Can you see me okay? Okay. Just checking. Okay, so um, when I asked the Lord what it was that he wanted me to share, so Kirsten and I have been talking about art and um, creativity and how we can create with the Lord. Um, I, I just like wanted to be able to share from my own personal experience of what that looks like for me. And I just felt like the Lord was um, wanting me to, to share about how I encounter him through my creativity, um, specifically journaling and sketching. Um, I do some other kind of artwork, too. But um, I feel like creativity is a, a great way to encounter God. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to read a couple of scriptures for you, and then I'm going to talk about two specific things that he um, highlighted for me. So the first scripture is from uh, Ephesians 1. This yes, gum's not going to work. Um, Ephesians 1.18 and that is um, I pray, this is from the Amplified Version I pray that the eyes of your heart the very center and core of your being may be enlightened flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish hope the divine guarantee the confident expectation to which he's called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints um, so that word there where it talks about Um, The eyes of your heart is actually another word for your imagination. Um, So one of the specific things I want to talk about is um, the creative connection between your imagination and art and creativity. Um, And the second scripture I'll read to you is from Romans 5. Uh, Romans 5.5, it's one of my favorites. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Whom he has given, I love this scripture. It's right after a long list of what comes after suffering, and I love that hope is at the end of that list. Um, and I just um, love also the way that God pours out His love into our hearts. So that's the second thing I'm going to talk to you about: is receiving the love of God through the through the opening of art, like receiving it through art. Okay,
3: <clears throat> so. Okay, so I'm gonna start with imagination.
5: So imagination gets a little bit of a bad rap, especially in Christian circles, um, because it's been used in an unholy way. Um, I feel like there's ways that you can use your imagination, it's an actual tool, so it could be neutral, it could be used for evil, or it could be set apart and be holy. Um, And one of the specific ways that I've encountered the Lord is through my imagination. I know I'm not alone in this room, so I would actually like to see a show of hands of how many of you have actually encountered the Lord through imaginative prayer or visions in your mind and imagination. That's like a lot. <laughs> that makes me happy. I don't feel alone. Because sometimes imagination's like can be a little woo-woo. But it's really not. Um, so just wanted to share that. And as far as my personal experience, I actually walked through a really dark time. Some of you know my mental health history. Um, where the enemy actually used my imagination for really, really terrible evil. Um, And it took me to a really dark place um, through a series of events and actually miraculous encounters. The Lord delivered me from that darkness, and he taught me how to use my imagination for good, how to actually picture him and be able to encounter him in a really special way. Um, If you want to know more about that, I can share that another time. Um, But... um, it was actually healing that came to me through um, my imagination and through Lectio Divina and meditating on scripture. And so once I would see something in my mind with the Lord or I would experience him in a certain way, then I would take those images and, um, and I would write it down. I would write down those pictures that the Lord had given to me. I would write down what he had said to me. I would write down, um, sometimes sketch a little picture of what he Was showing me and it was something that i could use to learn more about who he wanted to be for me in that experience and that encounter walk me through suffering um so one of the ways i i did that like i said was through journaling um this is one of my favorite journals from the cageless birds if you have not heard of them you need to look them up as soon as we're done here um and i love their journals and it's just really um a beautiful experience to be able to like journal your thoughts with the lord and I just wanted to share this, like this is actually one of the ways that I do this.
3: Anyway, I'll, I'll pass it around later. Um, so sorry, I'm feeling nervous. Okay, I think that's all I want to say about that.
5: Um, you guys are a tough crowd, my gosh. Um, OK. The last thing I wanna talk about is the way that art and creativity um, really like can open up your heart to receive God's love. So I find that um, a song or a film or a story can really kind of like splay you open to, stay, to be in that vulnerable place to be able to receive God's love. Like, Literally last night, I'm watching the last three minutes of Five Feet Apart, and Will has his hand on the glass, and I am losing it, right? It's just a second. I didn't even watch the whole thing, but it's that moment where he can't be with her, and you're just like, no. And it just, your heart is just open. So those vulnerable moments happen through beauty, through nature, through art. And in that moment, you can... Open yourself up also to the love of God. Um, The love of God is so important to receive because we can't give love if we don't receive love. I think a lot of times um, in church we're really focused on loving others and loving God, like a lot of loving others and loving God. Um, But there's not a ton of receiving from God, which I feel like is the first step to be able to give love away. Um, And so when I'm talking about love, and this is the last thing I'm going (laughs) to say, when I'm talking about love, I'm talking about an actual, real, tangible expression of God. It's not something that's just ethereal when we talk about the love of God. It's something that you can actually feel and know. It's not like a sprinkling, like Catholic baptism kind of love, like, oh, that was so nice, you know? It's like when you know and you received the love of God, like it's an ongoing thing, it's not just one time, but when you received it, it literally like completely takes you over, you know, more like Vesuvius, kind of. More of like, you know, swallowing you alive, burning sometimes like lava, but gentler and sweeter in a way. To be able to give away love, we have to receive love. So the point of what I'm saying is let art, let creativity be a way that you open your heart up to receive God's love so that you can give it away.
0: Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank Thank you you for being vulnerable with
3: us. We've got Jen Love. Come on up.
7: okay to take it off? Sure. Okay. All right. Good morning. My name is Jen Love, and uh, I just want to talk a bit this morning about um, what, what we're what we're hoping to do in prayer time, but just be able to kind of share that experience with you. So um, one thing I feel like has really been highlighted the last couple years is just noticing themes that keep coming up in people's lives, like just what is the common experience of us as Christians, us as parents or students or grandparents, or what are things that we're going through. And um, when he spoke, uh, when Don spoke in the spring at Mother's Day, around Mother's Day, I think it has really just struck a chord with a lot of people of what are these things in church that are just part of this human experience that we don't often talk about? What are some of the things sometimes that are the highs and the lows of things that are going on and things that don't always get addressed? But for me, I like looking for those things and then just thinking, too, how would the Lord love to heal so many people who are going through these common experiences and just bring truth to them into those places? So um, we're hoping to meet with different demographics and groups throughout the year. But this first one's kind of centered on motherhood. And we've been writing some of these different exercises to just say, how is it that we come to the Lord, we seek this truth, like she's talking about, to have this experience that gets things out of the way so we can receive that love from God so that we can better love those people around us. So that was just a great connection, I think, with that. Um, And so what I'd like to do this morning is just have us enter a few minutes of prayer right now and just ask the Lord about some of these things. And, um, just, just kind of give ourselves a minute to breathe and just be still and be quiet. And that's where I find that everything else that I thought was a big deal kind of fades away because I'm like, oh, I can just be still before the Lord. And it just seems like a lot of things, um, diminish because I'm kind of recentered again on what does God actually have me to do? What are the things I'm making too hard? What are the things I'm adding heaviness to? And the Lord just shows me those heavy things and I'm able to give them to him. So what i'd like to do this morning is just pray for us and just pray together and just have a few minutes of that um if you guys will just pause with me to do that
3: so father would you just help us right now to just enter into your rest in this moment
7: would you just give our minds this moment to just turn away from everything in the world and just to turn our hearts and our thoughts, our attention, our affection toward you. So I just pray for peace among our, my, this body, my body, Lord, um, this body of the church right now, that you would bring us peace, that you would give us a moment of rest.
3: Lord, in any way that you speak to your people, that you would speak to us. And so we just ask that you would bring to mind
7: things in our lives you want us to remember or to reflect on. So I ask, would you remind us of a time that we created or worked on something that we were really pleased with?
3: Would you remind us of that sweet time? And you can just raise your hand if you want. How many of you had something that came to mind?
7: Was it an art creation or a woodworking project or something you sewed? Was it a really great lesson that you taught to a child or something that you painted and you were just so glad to have it done? Was it something academic, getting completed or turned in, presenting? Was it
3: restoring a car or, or giving birth? Is it writing a story, getting all of your thoughts out?
7: Was it stepping back and looking that you got that pantry perfectly organized? What was that thing the Lord brought to mind that you were just really pleased to have accomplished and to be done with, that you created?
3: Lord, for anyone who's not yet been at rest, would you bring that thing to mind right now? A time when they really felt pleased with what they've created and they just relished that moment. Lord, you help us to sense, why does this accomplishment stick out as special? Father, how did you see it too? How did your presence with them also see this thing their hands created? And was there anything that they gained or that they learned from that work? Would you just take an opportunity and thank him for that opportunity? And if it fits, ask him for strength to do something like it again. So we thank you for that moment. We thank you for that memory. We thank you for
7: your help and for your role in our lives and in our work. Lord, we ask that you help us to live creative lives that please you with the things that we do and the work that we create and the things that we do in our leisure that are just for enjoyment and for for pleasure. Lord, we thank you. Um, We thank you for your help. We thank you for bringing these things to mind. We thank you for the things that you were teaching us about who you are and who we are,
3: Lord, in the midst of that. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
7: So how many of you kind of feel now like you understand why that memory was special? Anyone have any better understanding? Like, oh, I know now why I remember that. It was something the Lord was teaching me. It was something the Lord was doing. And sometimes it's the first time you did something, and then you go on to see, this is going to be a whole new thing for me. I'm going to do this a lot now. Um, And sometimes it's just that the Lord was there with you in in that moment, in that work. So was this something that you thought about many times? Those of you that raised your hand that you thought of something? Had you thought about it before? Wasn't something you were unaware of maybe? So in the same way, we could have asked the Lord, um, what's something that maybe I regret that I was a part of or that I worked on? So in that same way, we could have asked the Lord a question like that, having him bring things to mind and having him show us, you know, how was it that you saw that? How is it that I'm still carrying this and it's affecting my life? And Lord, if I see that there's that thing in my life, that I'm holding on to that I shouldn't. How can I get give that over to you? How can I surrender that to the Lord? So I just thought, you know, in the same way that you could do this with a positive question, you could also ask the Lord to help you just work through the really difficult and challenging stuff in our lives too. So um, that would be a step towards freedom because we would be seeing these things that are heaviness we've been carrying. We'd be able to ask the Lord, how do you really see this? How should I view this? coming more into that mind of Christ and being able to give these things over to him. And then there's the cool renewal process where the Lord says, but actually you were sorry about this, and this is what I was teaching you at this time. This is what I saw that you were doing. This is what um, I was moving you towards. And it kind of renews things too. So this is just a little sampling of what we want to do um, in our prayer time because I believe that the Lord helps us to kind of work through those pleasant and unpleasant things You know that all of our lives are filled with. And um, it really helps us to come to the Lord, have Him help us evaluate our life, and um, and what His calling is from His perspective, because that's where we want to go, is being able to see and understand these things from God's perspective, and really easing us from burdens that we don't need to carry, and seeing things the way that God wants us to see our lives. So um, I hope that you will come, um, and uh, and in between weeks we'll also have things that you can reflect on because. Uh, as your relationship with God grows, I think you'll go home with a hunger to want to talk through more things with Him. So, okay.
0: thank you, Jen. That was awesome. That's really encouraging. We've got Christian up next. Can I?
6: Thank you. Good morning, Grace. I want to first give a hats off to the youth group members who came up and shared. That was incredible. Both the I mean the, their stories but also just the way they presented it was so mature. Um, And I really think that speaks volumes to the parents, for sure, and also our youth group leaders over the years who've poured into them. Um, Most recently, um, it's been the Loves and then the Days now. Is that right? So I I really think we should give a round of applause to the youth group leaders. This is a little off-script, but it does play into um, per- precisely into what I was going to share. So uh, it is relevant. So, but good job, guys. That was, that was good. Uh, my name is Christian Hemi. I recently um, finished up my Master of Fine Arts um, at Liberty University, so another artist. My thesis focused on using visual illustrations, so art- artwork, to teach basic Christian beliefs. I'm very passionate about that. And so the context of a lot of the speakers is the around-the-table discussions that are starting next week... Um, and the group that I want to facilitate or will be facilitating starting next week is discussing basic Christian beliefs, Um, and especially those that every professing Christian really ought to believe, which I know that's a dangerous statement these days. Um, Denominations and traditions bicker about a lot of gray areas, but frankly, there, there are several core beliefs that every professing Christian should adhere to, and without which, it's really impossible to be a Christian. Um, there is a God is one of those. You can't have Christianity if you don't believe in a God. Um, and this topic is really important to me because I, I grew up in churches that, that really didn't carefully or systematically teach this topic, what Christians ought to believe. Um, and that's why when I saw the youth group sharing, that just was such a stark contrast and so, again, specific to what I had been on my heart and mind recently. Um, so in high school and in college, in my own life, in a large part because of this lack of, of knowledge and understanding about the faith, my heart wasn't for the Lord, and in several ways I was living in direct opposition to him. Um, but ever since God began to get a hold of me my senior year in college, which is over 12 years ago now, I have been seriously studying to discover truth, um, which, which hopefully everyone here in this room has come to find and know is found in the person of Jesus Christ. He himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. However, um, simply believing in Jesus or knowing about Jesus um, and having that genuine, deep, and rich relationship with him, uh, a relationship that includes understanding the person of Jesus and what he desires of us, they're two different things. Uh, we read in the Gospels um, when Jesus um, casts out the demons from the, the Gerizim, um individual, they declare that he was the Holy One of God. They knew who he was, but we hazard to guess that they are not Christians, right? <laughs> um, so this group that I'll be facilitating starting next week is really designed to be the kind of group that I wish my church had when I was in high school and college. We will introduce and discuss a series of Christian beliefs, um, and we're doing it under the framework of the Apostles' Creed. We won't just stick purely to that, but that's our framework. Um, and the, the purpose is that we can be instructed and encouraged in the Word, uh, the historical church and their perspective, and each other as the Holy Spirit gives enlightenment. Um, so a, a taste of the group, um, and this goes back to my own spiritual journey as God began to shake me awake um, One of the earliest pieces of Christian doctrine that I really remember that that got me to my core came through reading C.S. Lewis, and I know there's some real great C.S. Yeah, I see some, yeah, C.S. Lewis, yeah, he's the best. Um, We have some great C.S. Lewis scholars in our congregation. I'm I'm extremely thankful for it. Uh, If you haven't read C.S. Lewis, you definitely need to start exploring his writings. Um, But from his book, Mere Christianity, um, Lewis compares a human's existence to a car engine. Um, (laughs) Just as we designed car engines to run on gasoline, he calls it petrol because the Brits and everything, um, God designed us to run on himself. So to quote uh, Lewis here, God made us. He invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol, and it would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself, because it is not there. There is no such thing. So although it doesn't sound terribly profound, this analogy from C.S. Lewis in my earlier years, illuminated by the Holy Spirit, of course, made me realize the blatant truth that I had been attempting to run my life on other things. Um, Sports, academic achievement, artistic prowess, if you will, good times with friends. The result was that I became increasingly angry and vulgar and despairing. That was my more and more my usual state of life. So the extremely basic and yet life-changing Christian belief entailed with this story is that God designed me, and he designed you, he designed all of us, and he is the only one who knows how my existence can be a success because he created me. So I must, must get to know him better. And so that is what we'll be focusing on starting next week, and I hope to see all of you there. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. That was so great. Thank you so much, Christian. And we've got Phil Girmroth up next, and he'll be our last um, speaker teacher today.
8: Thank you. <clears throat> I don't know if you've noticed, but clearly... With a lineup of speakers this morning, we totally reversed the old social norm of age before beauty. <clears throat> um, what the Lord has taught me this past year in studying and preparing lessons for the Jesus the Carpenter class is getting to know the Father's heart in a deeper way. The paternal relationship that God, the Jesus, teaches us about, calls the father, the father, and God relates to us as his children, is such a sweet relationship. Um, The paternal heart of God is evident in looking at his desire just to be with his kids. And you take a look, a theme that runs through the whole scripture is God's desire to dwell with his creation. It began right there in, in the garden with Adam and Eve, and then goes right through Moses, The tabernacle period of building a tabernacle for his presence to come and dwell so they see a a physical manifestation of his glory among them. And that goes into the temple period. And then the prophets also speak of one coming, an anointed one of God, a Messiah coming in future days, but he's going to come and dwell in a different way. And then 400 silent years hit and there is no prophet of God speaking. There's no recorded message of the prophet of God speaking until the fullness of time. And that's the time when the angels come and visit some shepherds in the field and they announce the good news that God is now going to be dwelling among us in the form of man. First, uh, John 1.14 says, The word of God, the word, speaking of Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us and in the class we look at Jesus's early years his years up to his public ministry not a whole lot said in scripture about that not a whole lot's written in history about that but we can set the stage for what everything looked like in the world that he came into and in his um, first 30 years of life was lived as you and I he came in a world like us a clump of cells and a pregnant teenage girl he was born, he was raised, he worked, he had to learn, he grew in wisdom and stature. Just like us, he experienced life like us. Until he's about 30 years old, Luke says, he begins his public ministry. And throughout this whole time, he's showing us how to love and how to encounter and relate with people. But then, just hours before his crucifixion, he comes to his best friends, his disciples, and um, he shares his heart with them. It's known as the Farewell Discourse in John 14 through 16. And as he's telling them that he's leaving, he's no longer going to be in this dwell in this form anymore. And I use air quotes for the word form because if you think back in Philippians, that talks about um, having the mind of Christ. That Jesus did not equi- did not regard his equality with God a thing to be grasped, it's form of God to be grasped. And then it says, but he's taking on the form of a bondservant.
1: <clears throat> so
8: Jesus is telling him he's no longer going to be dwelling with them like this. It's going to be changing. And he says, you all know the Father. And then Philip speaks up and says, wait a minute. We don't know the Father. Just show us the Father and we'll see him. And Jesus says to Philip, he kind of gives him a verbal head slap. And says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I think that is one thing that I've grasped later in life that, you know, we always try to picture what God's like. He's like Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus. Read about him over and over. And um, and that becomes a theme throughout the rest of chapter 14 and 15, in uh, Jesus' farewell discourse about he and his Father are one, I and him and he's in me. It goes on, he says it about a half a dozen times in those two chapters. And then in verse 20 in chapter 14, he kind of lets the cat out of the bag. And he says that after he talks about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's going to come. And he says And in that day, you will you know that I am in the Father, and you and me You and me, and I and you. He brings us into the whole thing, the whole picture. And then he further explains that in verse 23, where he says that if anyone loves the Father and obeys his word, the Father will love him, and we will come and make our abode, our dwelling, place in him. So the whole place, the history culminates um, where God is dwelling now, in a person, in a different form. And that form is you and I, those who believe in him. And that's the rest of the theme of, of, of the New Testament. Paul speaks of Christ in you, our hope of glory. And that's the Father's heart. And that's kind of what um, what, I hear him, what I hear him kind of saying to me and through this, is that he looks at each of you individually and hear him speak this to you. I created you to be you, and it's good. And I created you to be with you. I'm your father. I love you. I want to be with you, and I want you to be with me. And My goal, my desire as your father is to live my character, my express myself, my character, through you, in you, and as you. And that's the heart of the father.
0: Let's just pray again. There's so many good threads that the Lord could weave into our hearts. And Father, we are grateful, grateful to be in a family of God like this. Grateful for Nate and Callius and Piper and Joy and Jen and Christian and Phil that they would pour out their hearts to us this morning. We pray you would cover them and bless them and speak your delight over them the rest of this day and the week ahead, that they would have a deep sense of your pleasure and that you would guard them and strengthen them through this process. And I pray for each one of us, God, speak to our hearts all throughout this week, the threads that we heard spoken this morning, would you use those to speak to us this week, strengthen our relationship with you, open our hearts to receive your love.
3: We bless your name and we praise you. Amen.